respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugambeh language region, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, and pay my respects to their elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Miss Inclusivity, the podcast. I wonder if my voice has changed a bit. Who knows? Who actually knows? But welcome to season three. I am so excited to be back. I It is now like the beginning of January, so a lot has changed since I last spoke to you guys. thought I would start pretty much like let's reflect on 2022 for Miss Inclusivity. At the beginning of 2022, I actually didn't have this as an idea for a podcast. I I think I thought of it around mid-Jan and what I tend to do is I found this over the past year or so is that if I think of doing something and I want to do something, I do it. Um, I thought of doing a podcast. What did I do that afternoon? I ran straight to, I believe, Kmart or Officeworks to get my equipment and started recording the podcast straight away. Started emailing and messaging, um, just putting it out there to see who wanted to come on the podcast. And I pretty much recorded season one. I then not long after was actually, I think during around the same time, I designed my lanyards, launched them in April, went on to my final placement in May, launched another collection while I was still on placement and then completed by GTPA, which I absolutely exceeded in. Um, I worked around about three different jobs last year, which is just wild to think about and absolutely crazy that it's now coming up to the time where I do have to leave my Osh. Um, And if I think about it too much, I might get sad just because I'm going to miss the kids and some of the colleagues really that's not the correct word, a lot. Um, Yeah, what a wild year. Um, I then took a little break on the podcast and I came back for season two, which I just had, I feel like season two had real informative people on it. Um, I had the atypical teacher giving her perspective on being as a teacher, as an atypical person. I had Aaron from Mr. J Learning Space, who is just a wealth of knowledge Rainbow Sky Creations, who are, you know, new teacher experts, which I feel like I'm going to go back and listen to now that I'm a new teacher, if you know what I mean. I had um, Natalie, um, I had um, Kirsty from Twinkle, and she shared all of those things about inclusive Twinkle. And then I had so many of my friends from the Teachergram come on and share their experiences as well, which is just so amazing. So if you haven't gone back to have a listen to any podcast that you might have missed, definitely go back because 2022 was such a wild ride. I think... I think all up, there might have been about 30 episodes, which to think about how much I did last year is just crazy. Absolutely crazy to think about. So kicking off 2023 with a bang and telling you about all the things. (laughs) Last time I spoke, I hadn't actually finished my degree. I believe the last time I recorded a podcast was right before the Numpy Maris collection which was such a success. And I'm so, so grateful for Nikita and for Uncle Daly for making that happen. Um, But yeah, here we are. Um, I'm here to record a podcast, apparently, because you all love it. You all absolutely love it. I get a message at least like, oh, maybe not once a day, maybe like two, three times a week asking when season three will be coming back. And here we are. And now I literally have a job, which is an absolute whirlwind of a ride. Um, That's what I'm here to talk about today is that actual ride of securing my classroom for 2023. It was a ride. It was a roller coaster. 
Um, I don't think I've ever had so many interviews in my entire life in such a short time frame. Um, but yeah, I put a question box up on my Instagram. So if you are listening and you have found this podcast through TikTok, definitely follow me on Instagram because I put question boxes up there. I'm definitely more active on the DMs there. So you can, you know, you can get more personal connection. I love messaging all of you guys. I feel like, you know, you're all my friends. It's great. I love it. Let's get stuck into these questions. Um, and I'm sure it will tell the tale of how I got my job. And if it doesn't, then I will keep going and tell you more, all of the details that need to be known. So I have screenshotted these, uh, the questions that people have put into the question box. Let me find them. Radio, let's get this show on the road. Um, interview questions is the first one. Uh, mainly a lot of the time they would ask how you would differentiate for students how you would collaborate with colleagues and how what you, what you feel like you can bring to the table to um, collaborate with colleagues, uh, how you would deal with a, they, they, and every, actually in saying that in every single interview, they did say difficult child, which really grinded my gears. Um, they, they could, they could word it a different way. It's not a difficult child. It's a child who's going through a difficult moment. You know what I mean? But that's how they should have worded it. Anyway, um, that's another question. Definitely a question they just ask you every single time is to tell them about yourself and what your passions are in teaching. Um, so I, you know, would always start off by saying, yep, I'm 26. I'm a graduate teacher. I'm an older than graduate teacher because I decided to, you know, take a break and, go and adventure the world, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's mainly the questions that you would get asked. Um, when I did go for religion, religious schools, um, they obviously ask questions about, you know, if you're Catholic, if you're this, if you're that, and how you would practice religion in the classroom, those sorts of questions as well. Um, how many people are on your team? I have three people on my team. Um, and yeah, so I, the whole cohort is grade one and two. I'm not a graduate that has been given a composite class and the only composite class. Um, wow. I don't even think I've actually said this on the podcast, but yeah, hello. I have grade one and two this year. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have 25 little learners and they're all in grade one and two. The whole cohort is grade one and two because it is a bit of a smaller school. Um, what portfolios from PAC did you need to present? I did not present any portfolios from PAC, but what I did have in my resume as such, which was a, comp uh, a compile of, a compile is not a word, a compressed amount of documents. I basically had in there, I had my just normal CV. I also had my, uh, uh, cover letter, which I adjusted to every single school that I went to, um, or applied for, which took a lot of time. Uh, I also did this myself without anybody else's help, which I just thought it would be great to have because I know how well I did on my pracs. I put my prac summary comment. So like the final comment that your mentor teacher has to put at the end, um, I put that in there. And I also put, which was like a screenshot. And then I also, in a paragraph form for each of my practice, I made my own summary to say like, these are all the things that I did as well. And then I actually attached my full report 
from my final placement um, because, you know, that's the real key placement. You do so many things in that placement. You're pretty much teaching majority of the time. Um, so I just attached that and I, I compiled all of these into like a zip file. Um, so when I actually sent it off to a school, um, it was in a zip file form. Next question. I know you've spoken about having a preference for the older years, but now you're in junior, how much does that factor into, into accepting a position? To be honest, like I've always said this, that I would love the upper years. And, you know, I even would jokingly say, like, honestly, if they gave me prep or year one, I just don't, I just didn't see myself being down there in my graduate year. However, as soon as I heard it was grade one and two, I was like, this is great. Like the twos can be like mentors and buddies and really like elevate these year ones to be, you know, these exponential students coming out of year one, as opposed to, you know, what a regular year one would. They're just surrounded by the kids that are the same age as them, whereas the year twos are that little bit older. So I'm definitely going to use like a buddy up system um, to, you know, also help differentiate. It's going to make it so much easier to do like mixed ability groups, um, all the things. I'm so, so excited to be able to, I feel like I'm going to come out of my grad year now that I'm in a composite class. I'm going to come out of my grad year with so much knowledge on how to differentiate because, just wow. Wow, wow. What was the interview process like for your current position? Okay, so it, it was wild to say the least. To say the least. Okay, so applications closed for this job on like the Wednesday of the last week of school, which means that like there was no one at the school at all. Like no one. This was like two weeks before Christmas. The, I had the applications closed on the Wednesday. I got a phone call Thursday morning saying, hey, like, would you like to come in for an interview? tomorrow. Applications closed the Wednesday. I got a phone call the Thursday morning, Wednesday, the Thursday morning. I got a phone call to come in the Friday morning. I came in the Friday for the face-to-face interview with a panel. Um, so that had their head of professional learning, uh, the head of curriculum, the head of religion and the acting principal at the time, all in a room with me. And then as soon as I left the interview, they called my mental teacher, which is my ref- one of my references, but I feel like that would have been the best reference to call anyway. That's why I have her on there. And she gave me, like, it was funny because she called me straight away. She was like, you got to call me back because I didn't answer her phone. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb um, while I was in the interview because I didn't want to get interrupted. And she's like, call me back when you can. And she told me everything that she said on the phone and then to the principal and um, sorry, the acting principal. Me and my mental teacher just got on so well that we literally were able to know what each other were going to say in both of those scenarios. Um, And so, yeah, they called my mental teacher straight away. And then, oh gosh. And then by 11.30, so my interview was at 9.30 and by 11.30, I had got a phone call from the principal saying, you have your job. Like you literally have a classroom for next year. And I was like, no way. Like there's no way. Um, and then he told me that like, when I got there, he was like, yeah, we had a few, like, didn't have that many applicants. Cause obviously it was the last week of school. I'm so grateful that they chose to interview me. Um, the other thing as well that I did do that I didn't mention before is on the Wednesday, the day that I knew that the cl- applications were going to close, which means that it's really close to when they're starting to filter through and have a look at their applicants is I go into the actual school and handed a physical copy of my resume and speak to the admin ladies. You have no idea how much of, of an effect, uh, uh, you know, a first impression is pretty much every single school that I went into. Um, mind you, I did these for the schools that I was really passionate about and I really, really, really wanted to get a job at. 
Um, not saying I didn't want to get a job at every single school, but there was about a handful. So about four or five schools that I was like, wow, like this is literally like a dream school for me. I went into the schools and handed in my resume, like a physical copy, um, right before the applications were due to close. Um, this, you know, gave a lasting impression and it obviously then in such when they were filtering through, you know, people to get in for an interview, I would be one of them. Uh, I did have four four interviews, I believe. And yeah, it was lucky number four, apparently. <laughs> what kind of questions did the interviewer ask? I did kind of, kind of already answer that question. Tips for pre-service teachers as someone who has completed application process successful. Uh, yeah. So like I said, I would definitely say, because obviously as a graduate teacher, you can't put as much in your resume as possible. Like there were so many applications that I would have to enter and it would be like putting your current principal. I'm like, mm, that doesn't work. So I would just put in my mentor teacher um, and say, you know, I like, like I said, I summarized my placements into a paragraph. So I say, for instance, you know, on my second placement, I had a lot of ICT focus because it was an iPad class. Like I put those sorts of things into a summarized paragraph as well, because you don't want to be, be attaching every single prac report that you got because they're just not going to look at it. So I summarized every single prac into a paragraph onto one page. And then on the next page, I put in um, a screenshot of the mental teacher's comments at the end, the summary comment at the end of your PRAC report, um, just to validate what I said is what I did. Um, so it's backed up with evidence situation, you know? And in your cover letter, definitely mention the things that you're passionate about. So um, for instance, on my cover letter or my resume, I definitely put things such as, you know, I'm really passionate about inclusivity. I'm really passionate about visible learning. I'm really passionate about social and emotional learning. So those are the sorts of things like they do some of them, not all of them tapped into that. Um, like the job, the an interview that I went for that got me my current position, they did tap into that. They were like, oh, so, um, you know, you, it says here that you've got a real passion for social emotional learning. And then I started speaking about zones of regulation and how I make my own resources. And then they turned around to me. They're like, wow, that's really good to hear because we actually use the zones of regulation at our school. And I was like, no way. So that was the best part about it. I, um, yeah, I was a bit shocked by that. Um, so they really make sure that everything that you put in your cover letter, you do and you see in your pedagogy and and what you will be practicing in your classroom because they will ask you about it um, majority of the time. Otherwise, they tend to quite stick to the questions that they already have written. And then they give you an open platform to ask them questions, which I actually will tap into in a few seconds because there's another, there's another question I need to answer here as well. Um, how did you come up with your classroom theme? So originally I was always going to do my rainbow theme. I have like so many things here. We all know that 2022 I spent turning my office into my dream classroom, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And I was like, you know what? Now that I know I'm in the lower years, why not make it more fun? Kids love animals and I really want to tap into interests to, you know, get in the mode of things. And, you know, building relationships is key at the start of the year. And a way of building relationships is tapping into students' interests and, I can almost guarantee you that nine out of 10 of the students in my class, well, that's what, 23 out of 25, anyway, of those kids are going to love animals. Or, and some of the animals that I have associated with the jungle slash safari theme that I have going on. And I feel like that theme can really delve into other things as well, such as, you know, job, classroom jobs and all those sorts of things. Um, I do have a family friend that did do the jungle theme 
for her year one class and she said it was like the best thing ever. She even made like little lanyards for the line leaders for the week and they had like a little zookeeper badge that they would wear. I think that was so cute. Um, so those are the sorts of things I'm thinking of doing. Those are the sorts of things I haven't done yet. Um, I've done every everything else. I just want to get into my classroom and see what else I need to do. Okay, so top tips for preparing for an interview. Definitely come with questions that you want to ask. So for instance, every single question, every single time that I went for an interview, I asked the school a question and I said, as a graduate, what support are you going to provide for me also? Just so that I could see you know, that I'm going to be provided the exact same support, Um, whether that was at a state school, whether it was at an independent school, whether it was at a um, Catholic school. Um, I still wanted to ask them, even though they do have some protocols around those sorts of things within their um, department, I still wanted to ask and see what they said. Um, And then I would also, when it was, especially in my last interview, I asked them because obviously it was the end of the year and I was like, I can't wait any longer. Like I need to know. So I actually asked them, I was like, well, when should I know about this job? And they said this afternoon. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm scared. So like that Friday was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. So I, yeah, I was like, well, today's the day. I went for an interview and then I would either find out if I had a job for next year or if I didn't have a job for next year because yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Pretty much did that. I think that's everything. I think I covered it all. Um, But if you have any further questions, please let me know. Please, 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 please read the caption below as well. I have been for the past couple of months leaving a discount code below for everybody that listens to my podcast um, to use on Miss Inclusivity. So have a little squeeze there. And yeah, I think I've covered it all. I'm not sure. But there will be another interview coming up with just myself where I talk about resource making and I talk about um, how I do all those things. Cause I get a lot of questions about that lately as well. I do have some really exciting guests coming on. I'm trying to keep like an array of different topics coming on as well. Um, to make sure it's not like the same sort of thing, whether you want to go back and listen to some of the season two or season one's episodes, there's so, so many to listen to. So definitely go back and have a listen because I'm sure I must've covered at least one type of every topic in education. Uh, but yeah, I think by the time you'll hear this, I'll be in my my first classroom. So keep up to date. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok, especially as well. TikTok's been going off lately. Don't know what's happening there. Um, but yeah, happy new year, guys. Good luck in 2023. I appreciate you all and love you all so much.